Uh, hi. Why don't you guys, like, look at each other real quick and say hi to the family. Just be family. That's good. Thank you, Jesus. You guys, like, want to hear somebody talk for 30 minutes, or are you guys in holiday mode and want to go home and sleep right now? <laughs> Ready? Raise your hand for want to hear, hopefully, the word of God for 30 minutes. <laughs> Raise your hand. I really am curious. So real with me right now. This would be great. No shame. Raise your hand if you're like, dude, I'm ready. I have the week off. I want to go home. Let's go, Adam. Yes, James. <laughs> That's great. Oh, hallelujah. Um, all right. The word that I kind of just wanted to share tonight was about, honestly, just about family. It's kind of simple, but just I pray that God speaks through me. I just, I really want to stir us on towards family and connection. Amen. All right, let's just get into it. The Bible says in Psalm 68, it says, God is a father to the fatherless. He's a protector of widows, and he places the lonely in families. Everyone say, he places the lonely in families. And there's something about it not saying he places the lonely in a once-a-week church service where hopefully they get connected, right? This isn't just a social club of people who believe the same thing. This is a family, and there's just something burning on my heart that I, I would love for us to continue to be a, a community, a, a body where when someone walks in, they know that they belong and they're in family. And I think there's something that we all can do to participate in that to keep us moving forward towards that, right? So that's what we're going to kind of get into today. This isn't social club. This is we're a family. We're a body. Amen? Um, I grew up going to church all the time, and I went to a bunch of different churches, and kind of my story where I landed and what, where I called home was a, fa a family that invited me into their life. They didn't just say, good to meet you, like I got a church, you should go, hopefully someone, th in, someone there will like pursue you, and then someone there will like be your friend, and then someone there will like connect you, and then you'll be in. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, sometimes we think of church as that, like, if I could just get our friends in the door, someone else will, will love them and be their friend. But we're all called, we all have our spheres, we all have our families, we're all called to open those doors to people and let them come and sit with us. Does that make sense? It's pointless to go out evangelizing and sharing Jesus if we don't have a family to bring people into. God, God has a plan for the lost to come into family, not just a church service. So this is something we all get to uh, participate in. Every single one of us gets to open our lives to people. Does that make sense? Whew. So when I, when I, you know, like we've been to so many churches. When I, when I met Micah, everyone know Micah? This was the first person I was in church my whole, like, young, younger life. And then high school, I did the whole let's sell drugs and party and be an atheist kind of stuff, you know. And then when I went back to church, I went to a few churches. And um, I was at a church, and I was doing absolutely everything you could imagine at the church, right? Like, every prayer night I was at, every event they had I was at, every church service I was at. And... Um, it was funny, then the pastor wanted to meet with me, he's like, can we meet? And then he's like, I want to see you, like, I was like, oh, the pastor wants to meet with me, yay, like, I get to have coffee with the pastor. Like, I must be doing something right, just kidding. This was like early David. Um, anyways, so he meets with me, and he's like, hey, I want to see you get more rooted here. I was like, sweet, like, do I come to your house, hang out with you? Like, what do what I do? I'm at like everything, you know? And long story short, it ended up being this thing where, 
he, want, he didn't like that I was going to other ministries and he was just like, I want to see you like be more rooted here. I'm like, I'm hungry for family. Like I was a new believer. I was like, tell me what to do. I'll do it. I want connection. But I didn't meet too many people that said like, come over. Like, don't just like come to my organization that I've built. Don't just come to my building that I put together. Like come into my family, come into my home. Like be my, know me. I want to know you. Do you get what I'm saying? That changed my life. I've had, I was a very messed up, like, person. I had a lot of, like, healing that was going on in this season. And the simplicity of Micah and his, and his wife, just like the first time I met him, he's like, my daughter's having her first birthday party this week. You want to come? And I was just like, what are you talking about, man? Like, what? like I was, I straight up said no because I was like, deep down, I was like, that feels so good warm to be invited. But also I was like, heck no, I'm not going to be that go to your daughter's first birthday. But there's something like in my heart that I needed that. Like I was in a place where I needed family. I needed people to open their lives to me. You know what I'm saying? And then like the second time I met him, he was like, um, do you want to go to, there's another girl's birthday name with Tessa. Do you want to go to Tessa's birthday tonight at Chili's? I'm like, no, I don't want to go to Chili's with you and your people for Tessa's birthday. I don't know you guys. But what I'm saying is, he, he wasn't just saying, like, go to my church. He was saying, come into my life. He, he actually saw me and wanted to get to know me and wanted to help me and knew he had something to give me. You know what I'm saying? And that's who we all are. That's who you guys are. You guys have Jesus in you. You have everything the world needs, which is Jesus. And um, I just want to keep going with this. I just want to, I want to just open our lives and let people in. You know what I'm saying? Come on, Holy Ghost. Everyone say Holy Ghost. Everyone say Jesus. Um, there's some fun testimonies. We, uh, my wife and I, when I preach, guys, <laughs> I just like to have fun. I, I have a roadmap, but sometimes it's not fun for me. So if I get off track, you're free to be like, hey, go back to that thought, okay? All right, Destiny can keep me in line, all right? Um. <laughs> When I, uh, when my wife and I, we had a, we had our first kid, we lived in a condo and there was this neighbor, she was like our age, probably like 25 and she was new to California and she would, she like saw that we were her age and she didn't like know anybody and she would come over, she saw that we had a kid and she'd come over and uh, where am I allowed to walk? Are you guys, am I, I passed it? I got in trouble last, these two lines? Like, all right, Sorry. There's a live stream. That's why. Okay, we're going back to Jesus. Here we go. So this girl saw that we had a kid, and she, would, she kept coming over with, like, books for my child. And the first couple times, we're like, oh, you're so sweet. And then the third time, we're like, you're so sweet. And then the fourth time, we're like, oh, she needs family. Like, my kid doesn't need any more books. Like, we got to tell her soon. Like, please stop bringing my kid books. But, like, please come have dinner with us. Like, that's what's going on, you know. You just want an excuse to come over. And then we actually confronted her in, like, the most loving way. Like, hey, just, like, being real with her. Like, I just feel like the Lord dropped on us. Like, dude, she, it's not about the book. She just needs people, you know. And, she, and so we're like, hey, so-and-so, like, <laughs> we don't need any more books. Like, we have a small condo. There's no room. Like, but, like, just be our friend. You're, I said, we just said, like, you're welcome over anytime. Just come knock. Come say hi. Come be our friend. And she just took us up with that. So she'd come over, and she started being our friend. She was an atheist, did not believe in God whatsoever. But she's like, that's fine. I have Buddhist friends. I have whatever. And she was just hungry. She was really hungry for connection. And God places the lonely in families. And it's like a tool. Like, people... 
the gospel doesn't have to be so much preachy and complicated as it can be like just invite people into who you are. And it's wild how little kindness people get in the world. It's wild how starving people are for kindness and simplicity of like, come into my home, let me feed you. That's the show and tell gospel. Not just telling them God loves you, but showing them God loves you. Amen. You know what I'm saying? People are hungry for family. Yeah. So that girl, she, she, uh, she kept coming over and then she started coming to church with us. It was actually, it was actually presents when they were meeting at Jesse's house. Like, so it's got to be like seven years ago. So we're like, she just wanted to hang that night. We're like, we can't hang, but we're going to uh, our friend's house. He does a little Jesus stuff. She's like, that's fine. I have Buddhist friends. I'll come. I'll... She's just hungry, you know, total atheist. And then she comes and people are prophesying over and loving on her. And she's like, that was weird. People told me they saw butterflies over me. And like, she's just, she's like, I don't know what that meant. I was like, honestly, I don't know what that means either, but bless you. But the, the fact is that she, she kept coming for about a year and a half as an atheist. She started coming to our church every week as an atheist and just love that people like were around her and her friends. She's like, this is great. And after about a year and a half, I looked at her one day at, at church and I just like felt the Lord. I was like, so-and-so, you love Jesus now, don't you? She's like, I do, I do. And, and then she ended up giving her life to the Lord. It was awesome. But the simplicity of family is like, it's really simple, but it takes something. It, it takes sacrifice. It takes being uncomfortable sometimes. You know what I'm saying? It takes, I love what Heidi Baker says, stopping for the one. We all, this is, this is like, everyone's heard this. This is, I'm preaching to the choir, but it, it's, it's powerful. God will bless you when you sacrifice. He will bless you, and it is more blessed to give than receive. And when you lay down your life for others, it is, nothing is worth more than to see people come into family and get saved. You know what I'm saying? So I'm just, I'm just processing this because I know in uh, like holiday season, we're all excited to go with family. But there's also, I don't know if you guys feel it, just, there's people that actually get really depressed around holidays because they don't have family and everyone else is going to their families. You know, and it's just a beautiful opportunity for the gospel to open your homes, open your table. Is there room at our tables? Is there room at our tables for people? And this isn't like a compulsion thing where like you have to change all your plans and I'm like trying to twist your arm, but it's a beautiful passion thing that we can have and open our lives to say, God, is there room at my table? The Bible says, don't neglect to show hospitality to strangers for in doing so, some of you have entertained angels unaware. Everyone say, don't neglect to show hospitality to strangers. Amen. I don't know that angel part. Some people think like angels manifest as people. And then I don't, I'm not going to get into there because I just don't understand it all. But if you, ha if you know what that means, that some entertain angels unaware, talk to me after. I'd love to hear it. Um, Jesus. Thank you, God. I'm going to go to Matthew 25. If you have a Bible, feel free to go there. Starting in verse 34. This is talking about when Jesus comes back, it says he's going to come in all of his glory with his angels with him. So Matthew 25, starting in 34, it says, Then the king will say to those on his right, this is right after, it's, right before this, it says that Jesus is coming, on the, coming back, and all the nations, all the people will be gathered to him, and he's going to be sitting there on his throne in all of his glory, okay? And so all the nations are before him right here, Matthew 25. All the nations are right before him, and Jesus is sitting on his throne in glory. And he says, then the king will say to those on his right, 
Come, you who are blessed by my Father, inherit the kingdom prepared for you from the foundation of the world. For I was hungry, and you gave me something to eat. I was thirsty, and you gave me something to drink. I was a stranger, and you took me in. I was naked, and you clothed me. I was sick, and you looked after me. I was in prison, and you visited me. And then uh, it goes on to say, whatever you did for the least of these, you did unto me. And whatever you did not do to the least of these, you did not do to me. And what I'm getting at is I just love that it's not, let's just talk about being kind. Let's just talk about feeding people. Let's actually do it. Whatever you've done unto the least of these, you've done unto me. Whatever you didn't do unto the least of these, you didn't do to me. Make sense? The Bible says that whoever lends to the poor lends to the Lord, and the Lord will repay him. You know? All right, come on. You know? Yes, we know. Yes, hallelujah. You guys have heard these scriptures 500 times. I can tell you're like, yes, I know this scripture. I'm going to go to James 2 right now, starting in verse 1. You know what I'm saying, though? It's, it's talking about... It's talking about actually action. In James, it talks about faith without works is dead. You know, if, you, if a brother comes to you in need, it says, if a brother is coming to you in physical need without clothing and food, and you just tell that brother, and you, hey, just go and be warm and blessed. I bless you. You know, almost like I'll be praying for you while at that moment you have the means to fulfill that person's need. Someone's coming to you hungry, needs something, you have it, and you just say, I bless you. Go warm. It says, how can the love of God remain in you? The Bible says, how can you love God who you don't see if you do not love your brother who you do see? You know what I'm saying? So what I'm trying to say is love looks like something. It's a blessing. It's more blessed to give than receive. All right, James, where did I say? James 2. All right, my brother, show no partiality as you hold the faith in our Lord Jesus Christ, the Lord of glory. For if a man wearing a gold ring and fine clothing comes into your assembly, and a poor man in shabby clothing also comes in, And if you pay attention to the one who wears the fine clothing and say, you sit here in a good place, while you say to the poor man, you stand over there or sit down at my feet, have you not then made distinctions among yourselves and become judges with evil thoughts? Listen, my beloved brothers, has not God chosen those who are poor in the world to be rich in faith and heirs of the kingdom which he has promised to those who love him? And then right before that in James 1, it says, religion that God the Father accepts as pure and faultless is this, to look after the orphans and the widows in their distress and to keep oneself from being polluted by the world. Amen? And then James, the verse I was telling you in James 2.14, it says, what good is it, my brothers, if someone claims to have faith but has no deeds? Can such faith save him? Suppose a brother or sister is without clothes and daily food. If one of you tells him, go in peace and stay warm and be well fed, but does not provide for his physical needs, what good is that? So too, faith by itself, if it does not result in action, is dead. You guys are all doing this. I know you guys are super generous people. It's just my heart to stir us on for more of this in this season. Does that make sense? And I've, I've, I'm a, like if Micah didn't invite me into his life, I felt I've been in so many churches, but if he didn't see me and invite me into his life, so much stuff got changed inside of me that I got healthy, that I was able to help other people get healthy. You know what I'm saying? Like what you're going to reap 
a harvest in heaven. You, you can sow into one person. It's not saying like go find every single person. But you can sow into one person. And, and that one person can be so strong and so healthy in the Lord and healed that they go out and they just are so free of themselves. They don't care about themselves anymore. They're so in love with God because what God's done for them. And they go out and pray for people, heal people, see God move. And that one person that you invited into your life can shake nations. You know what I'm saying? I'm just, it, it doesn't have to be that complicated. We just have to sit with people and, and let them into our lives, even if they're the person that from the outside it looks like it might be uncomfortable, like I'd rather be with that person because that person is more similar to me. It's just God doesn't show partiality. The Bible says that man looks at the outward appearance, but God looks at the heart. So I don't want to be someone who judges from the outward appearance, like, oh, I don't know, like, you're a little too much for me, you know, you're just too much, or you're too quiet for me, you make me awkward, you feel awkward, you know, say something, you know. I just want to love people, and I want to invite them into my life so that they can go, you know. There's fruit in this, and you're going to see your treasures in heaven when you store up treasures in heaven. That's what we're living for. We're living for treasures in heaven, and every single one of us has something to give. It's not about the amount, it's just your life. It can be your time. Amen? Amen. Go, going into this, there's, there's something about just generosity I felt like in this topic that I want to dive into. Um, I, I just feel like encouraging us in the topic of finances and generosity and using our worldly means for good. There's so much joy in giving, and we have been given so much. And if you're sitting there going, well, no, I'm, I know people who have so much. I'm not one of those people. There my wife and I went through a season when I was growing up, I was born into like a pretty affluent family per se. And I was very business minded. I was going to be an entrepreneur, like, which is great. Not bagging that whatsoever. That was my, my, my mindset was it's all about money. Money is a success. And when I met Jesus, I was in school, I was going to uh, studying business. And my mindset was without money, I can't do anything Without money is first, once I get money, then I can go do things. Money, money is God. Money is first. I think of it like that, money is God. But it was the one thing on my mind. It was my one pursuit because I thought I needed that to do everything else. Even sometimes as Christians, we think that first. Well, God will go out, but first we need this. First give us this, and then we'll go out, right? And then when I got saved, God just started wooing my heart to, like, lay down my fear of money. And, um, and I'm not preaching... This is my story, so I'm not, not saying if you have a job, go quit your job, okay? Just take this as David's story. Do whatever God's telling you, you know what I'm saying? So I'm like a young believer, and my mind says, like, I just got to get money, get money. And God was like, I had a really good job. I was working weekends, and um, it was, like, a lot of money for being at my parents' house. It was a business job sales, and I was working at my, working for this place that I was making, like, Without any expenses, as like an 18-year-old, it would be like the equivalent with inflation, like four grand a month, you know? I'm like 18, 19, but with no expenses, you know? So I was like, yeah, I'm doing great, you know? And I just felt like God, I was like, I'm on my way! And that saved and got, and then I just had like, I was very into like fashion, so I had like every t Sperry Top Sider you could imagine. I had just like loved $130 pair of Sperry Top Siders. And then I got saved and I just felt like the, the goodness of God on my life to like just, I would sit with homeless people and then give them like my $130 pair of Sperrys that would like white suede that like, dude, it's not going to last. But they, they literally didn't have shoes. And when I'm saying this, literally please hear me, not to toot my own horn, but to say, man, I found so much joy in getting rid of that thing of like, 
I need this stuff. Like, I need all this stuff. It was so freeing to just start pouring out. So I felt the Lord encouraged me. Like, I, that's when I met Micah, and I felt God encouraged me about quitting my job and dropping out of school because I was just so passionate about sharing Jesus. I was hungry to, to go out and share Jesus, and that's what I was doing. I was spending my time working at that job, going to school, and then hitting the streets. And I had a homeless ministry at that time. We were feeding homeless, and it was beautiful. We had, like, we go to the park every Wednesday night, and there is started with just you know, like the homeless people that were at the park and then they heard about it. We'd have lines of 50 homeless people every Wednesday night just getting food. And I was using, because I had all this money with no expenses. So I was like, let's do it, yeah. And then like, it was awesome. The church came behind me and this guy owned like 20 KFCs and he's like, oh, I'll do all the food. And, and then the church took over that, that ministry and God just like blessed it and it was awesome. And then when I quit my job, God took me in the season of like learning to trust him with money. Like I just want, I met Mike and I was like, I just want to do ministry. I didn't have, like, a financial plan. I just, I just heard the Lord say, like, you should do it. And that's all I had. And everyone around me, like, if you're going to do something like that, you should definitely seek counsel. Don't just be like, God told me and his friends are saying, I don't think that's the Lord. Don't run your own way. Like, literally hear from people and hear counsel. But I just felt like God said, quit your job and quit school, and you can go plant this church with Micah. And that was uh, Jesus Worldwide, the church that we merged with. I'm saying this because it was completely contrary to how I viewed provision and how I viewed life and how I viewed finances. Growing up in Orange County, my dad's a business guy, grandpa's a business guy. I didn't understand this way, but I'm saying this to, to boast in God's faithfulness, to boast that what he says he's actually going to do. And I've walked it for the last 10, 11 years to say, wow, like it wasn't always easy. It was actually scary a lot of times. I kept doubting myself, but I've never been in lack there was times when my wife and I ate Top Ramen, and sometimes we get potatoes in there when we were like, we got married when we were 20, you know, and we're like, Top Ramen, this time we get potatoes, this is sick, you know. Sometimes we got like bok choy and stuff, but in the middle of that, we, we had a food drive, like we, we were giving food. We were able to give more than I've ever given in my life. We literally were feeding Twice a month, this little ministry that Mike and I started got connected with this massive food drive ministry, and we were given Tons of food. We picked up every two weeks massive truckloads of food, and Justin Lahabra would have food drives and give like good groceries to families, and they were filling their trucks, and like it was amazing. Yet we were just being blessed and blessed to give. And if I didn't say yes to the Lord, like I wouldn't have time to do that. And sometimes there's just times when God tells you to move, and you just move. So He's faithful, right? It says in um, it says in Malachi three ten. We all know this scripture. You guys are pillars in the church. You've been in church forever. You guys love Jesus. But I'm just going to say it again. Uh, Malachi 3.10, it says, bring the full tithe into the storehouse so that there may be food in my house. Test me in this. Everyone say, test me in this, says the Lord of hosts. See if I will not open the windows of heaven and pour out for you a blessing without measure. I will rebuke the devourer for you so that it will not destroy the fruits of your land and the vine in your field will not fail to produce fruit, says the Lord of hosts. The Bible also says that honor the Lord with your wealth, with the first fruits of your harvest, and then your vats will overflow, your barns will overflow. These are things that God has said that are true. That will happen. And we don't give so that we can be blessed. We give because that's who God is. And he has unlimited resource and wants to use us to be a blessing to others. Whether that's time, whether that's the, the uncomfortability of inviting a few people into your family for Thanksgiving. We have resources to give. Amen? Amen. Thank you, Jesus. 
The Bible says in Proverbs 11.25 that the generous will prosper. Everyone say, the generous will prosper. Those who refresh others will themselves be refreshed. And then I love this Proverbs. It says that there is, this is in uh, 11, Proverbs 11. It says, uh, there's one person who gives and gives, yet only grows richer. And there's one who withholds what he has and only suffers want. And there's something about the kingdom of God. When you open up your hands and give, he just gives you more. And he trusts you. And I've walked this. When I was doing the, the ministry with, uh, like, I, I left my security is what I'm trying to say. I left my security to do what I felt in my heart that God was saying to do. And back then, I'm still living at my parents' house. And my dad's like, well, if you quit school, like, I'm going to charge you rent, which is great. Fair. I would probably do that to my kids just because I'm like, what are you doing, you know? So I had some saved up, but I was just honestly having a blast helping people with it. And then the first month that I didn't have money for rent, I'm like, dude, I got to pay my dad rent. But Jesus, like, I know you said I could just do what I'm doing. I know, like, beyond a shadow of doubt, you said, like, I, I can work for you. I'm work. It wasn't like I quit everything just to sit around and pretend. It was like, I quit everything to go out and actually do something, you know, for the Lord. And the Bible says that um, the Lord has commanded that those who preach the gospel should make their living from the gospel. Basically saying, God's going to provide. He's your, he's your boss. So the first, um, the first time I owed somebody rent, my dad rent, I get a handshake we call them Pentecostal handshakes, and it was the exact amount that I needed, you know, and I was like, this is the Lord, he actually is going to do it, you know, and then that, that was like the start of like seven or eight years of, we did like itinerant ministry, just like, like traveling and, and preaching Jesus and stuff, and for seven or eight years, we were leading worship and speaking places, and I not once, for seven and a half years, I was like between seven, my seventh or eighth years, I not once felt the Lord tell me to ask for money first, ever. We were leading at minute. Some ministries were small. They didn't have money. Some, some were big and had a lot of money. But I, I could have been like, hey, I need an honorarium to come. We would just use our own gas. And I didn't feel the grace or even the need to ask. God was just providing for like eight years. I would get, eventually we were able to start a church and get a little bit of ties. So I got on the first of the month, like my housing allowance. And then I paid my bills. And then I had like $250 for the rest of the month after tithe. You know, $250 for the rest of the month, you know? And every single month I was provided for, for like seven or eight years. I had two kids at the time, one bedroom condo. My wife and I were sleeping on the floor in the living room. Kids had a queen size bed in the room and a crib and they were living large, but we we're like, this is great. But I'm telling you, I was so happy inside. Those things didn't matter. Like I didn't need that stuff. I was so happy and so good to give. It's more blessed to give than receive, right? And I'm saying this. Not to just share crazy stories, but to just really encourage us of like God's operating system might look a little different than what you currently think, you know? Um, all that to say is in, in those moments, we'd have like, we'd have just crazy, like there's just unlimited testimonies. One was, um, one was we're fi we were renting a room when we first got married and um, eventually the church was able to give me like a little housing allowance. So we were barely able to rent a condo. And um, when we got in the condo, we were like, this is amazing. We've been married for two years and we had to rent a room the first two years and now we're in our condo. This is beautiful. And the first day I'm in there, I'm like soaking and I hear the Lord, which I didn't know it was the Lord. I hear him say, I want to give you a house. And I thought it was the devil. I just straight up was like, that is the devil. Like I am in my new, new condo. I rented a room with my wife.
wife for two years like, what the heck? That's Satan, get out of here. You're trying to make me discontent with my new condo. Oh, sorry, Lord. Like, he's just good. Like, he's good. And mind you, like, this is, we have to guard our hearts. The Bible says guard your heart with all diligence for from it flow all the issues of life. This isn't like, God's so good. Let me just, where's my Porsche, Lord? I don't need the next riches. It's not about that. It's about seeking him first and knowing that he's good and he's going to provide and he just loves you, you know? So he cares more about your heart than anything. So guard our hearts. Don't desire all that stuff more than him, you know? I like what people say. It says, um, God isn't against you having wealth. He's against wealth having you, right? It's a heart thing. It's all about the heart. So I'm in the condo and I hear that and I'm like, whoa, that's crazy. And then my wife, this is like huge for us to have our own place. This is like we did two years in that place just doing ministry, like, like just wild. And um, then Valerie comes home that night and goes, hey. I was like, what? She's like, I heard God tell me today that he wants to give us a house. And I was like, well, that's crazy. Okay, I heard the same thing, but I didn't think it was God. Then you heard it. That's crazy. Like, this is probably God. And I start to get a little bit like, this is probably God. Like, that's crazy. And this is the first day in our new condo that felt like a dream. Just like, that was huge for us. It was a one-bedroom condo with our one kid. But to us, that was like, you couldn't give us anything better. I didn't, like, that was amazing. And then that night, my friend, you guys know Jimmy? Guitar guy, place here. Not just guitar guy, but where is he? Yeah. We all call him, something about this church, we always go, Jimmy, guitar guy, worship, but he's, he's amazing, mission faster. Um, he spends the night, and he wakes up the next morning, he's like, I had this crazy dream that you and Valerie had a house, like, people were in there with your music, Rick Warren was there, and I was like, this is the third house word in 24 hours, and I just got my condo of my dreams, like, what is going on? And then that night, we were going to a ministry event. Valerie's never met this guy in her entire life. I've known him for a little bit. Never, like, talked outside of seeing him at ministry events. I go, hey, so-and-so, this is my wife. And he just grabs her hand, doesn't let go, and goes, do you have a dream to have a beach house? And he's, you know, he's just seen, like, a beach house, you know, and he's, like, feeling like he's prophesying. He's like, and this is the first thing he says to my wife, within five years, you're going to have two and a half kids, and God's going to give you your dream house. And we're like, what the heck? This is crazy. Like, you know, we're just, like, just... You know, the Bible says that the good Lord does nothing without first revealing it through his prophets. So, like, when God starts speaking to you, really just be like, enjoy it. You know, he's just awesome. So it wasn't a beach house. <laughs> Praise the Lord. That's fine. Um, but that's, that's another teaching on prophecy and interpreting what you see, right? He's seeing a beach house, but it ends up being her dream house, right? So sometimes you get a word, you're seeing it, and your interpretation of the word can be a little different than what the word actually is, right? So... Love you, Ira. Um, I thought that was someone wheezing, laughing, like, this guy's all over the place. Uh. <laughs> I legit thought someone was like, where is he going with this? <laughs> I love it. Thank you, God. Uh, um, where was I going? See, this is where I need you guys. Hallelujah. That means, yay, God. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right. Kumbaya. All right. Thank you, God. It's fun. It's good to have fun. I don't want to just share information. It's good to have fun in God's house. Come on. Praise Jesus. Praise Jesus. So we share this testimony, though. <laughs> 
Because good. What I'm saying is he's good. The Bible says that there is not one who has left houses, mothers, brothers, sisters for the sake of the kingdom that will not inherit in this life and in the life to come a hundredfold houses, mothers, brothers, and sisters. So I was in a place where I actually left everything to do what I actually knew God was calling me to do beyond a shadow of a doubt. That made no sense in my brain. But beyond a shadow of a doubt, by his grace, he gave me faith to know that it was him every day. You get what I'm saying? Like, it didn't make sense, but there was a cloud in me that said, it's 100% him. He's faithful. You can't outgive him. If you open up your hands, he's going to fill them again. Fast forward, that guy gives us this word. We're two kids in a one-bedroom condo sleeping on the ground and the, on the carpet. We put a sheet down and put a comforter over us on the living room floor for two years. And we were happy. I think, right? You good? <laughs> you know how it is? She's like, oh, you were happy. <laughs> she did it cheerfully. Our, our, see, she gave a thumbs up, yeah. She's amazing. You know what Valerie told me when, we were, when I asked her to marry me? This is another finance. I'll get to the house thing. Just wait. She said, she said, I had no money. I was doing ministry with Micah. We were just hitting the streets every day. We had a ministry event every night with our, with our church. We had different houses meeting. We met in houses literally every day. Micah and I, that was our full-time job. We had different people in our community, and we had meetings every night. And we would go out in the streets and preach the gospel, and then didn't meet at night. And we were feeding people. Micah would just Micah didn't, I don't even know how he did it. He would feed people pizza at his house all the time. And that brother had no money. I don't know how he did it. It's just the Lord. And then he'd be like praying over the salad, like multiply the salad, God. And I'd be like, what are you talking about, bro? Like, what are you, what are you doing? That makes no sense. I'd ask Micah, I'm like, why well, are you going to do this whole church stuff? Like, you talk about you want to plant a church. And Micah's like, uh, how are you going to get the money? He's, he'd be like, well, I don't know. The, uh, I'll just go to the shore, catch a fish, and open his mouth, and there'll be money in it. And I was like, what? He's like, yeah, it's in the Bible. I go, what are you talking about? That makes no sense. But I was like, you're crazy. But there was something on his life that it doesn't have to make sense to your brain. Just follow the Lord, you know? And it was so good because God would come through. And when I wanted to marry Valerie, we had, um, I was doing that with, with uh, Micah and just like, I don't know how we were getting fed every day, honestly. I don't remember. I think Val sometimes would get like $200 a month from an admin job at Biola or something, and that helped. Um, but she's like, I'll live in a box with you. Let's just do this thing. We're doing it. So I was like, good, because I'm just telling you, I don't know where we're going to live, you know. Ended up renting a room. It was okay. But then right before I wanted to get married, I was like, God, like, I had no money. I'd spent everything, and I was like, God, I, I want to give Val a ring, and I'm, I'm, I'm waking up every day just serving you, and I'm preaching Jesus, and I, I feel like you're, I'm doing everything that you, you've called me to do. Um, and then while I was praying, I just saw 2K. And I was like, I really want a ring for her. And I don't want to just give her like, and, and you know, no shame if you ever do this, but I didn't want to give her like a $30 ring. I wanted to give her like, a two, I was like, if I got two grand, you know, this is like 11 years ago, that'd be even more. I was like, if I, if I got like two grand, God, I feel like that'd be a good ring. Like, can I just get two grand? If I was, I was like, God, if I had my old job, two grand would be nothing. But I left it to work for you. So if I could just get 2K, like, I just like, I just saw it. It was almost like he was encouraging me to pray that. I just remember seeing 2K in my brain as I was praying. It was that week that my old job hit me up. I hadn't worked there in maybe 11, 12 months. And they said, hey, one of your old clients, they added on to their house. It was a construction sales job. And they made an apartment in the backyard. So you get the commission for that. And after my taxes, it was within $10 of two grand. I hadn't worked there in a, in a year. 
And I was like, this is like amazing, you know? So it's like daily bread with the Lord. Like we don't, so I was able to like give my wife a, a, like a decent engagement ring and like we were just so blessed and had a fun backyard wedding with an In-N-Out truck. In-N-Out's cheap if you're gonna do a wedding. It's like nine to $10 a person. Everyone gets like unlimited burgers. You can get a truck and no one's gonna think you're cheap because it's In-N-Out and everyone likes In-N-Out. So just saying that. If you have a child getting married soon, you can encourage the In-N-Out truck. Like, it's like, it was like, we had 180 people there. It was like 1,800 bucks for everyone and everyone was happy. But all I'm saying is he's so faithful. And then fast forward, we had, we had two kids. We were pregnant with our third. We're like, we can't live in this one bedroom condo. And it was time to renew our lease on the condo. And I felt that this was the year that the house word was coming true because I was like two and a half kids. It just, there was that, there was this faith. You know, God will give you the faith. You know, if it's him, he'll, he won't just, like, ask you to, like, like, wishfully think that it's him the whole time. There will be a measure of wonder and questioning and needing to pray and process and, and follow him for that and get encouragement from people. But he will give you the tangible faith to know that he's with you. You may not understand, but you'll feel I'm, he's with me. And we all know this. We've all, we all walk with him. And so I felt, I don't, I don't think I should renew my lease this year, even though it's going to be more money each month if I go month to month. I was like, I don't, I had no idea how I was gonna get a house. I knew nobody that was gonna get me a house. I was like, made nowhere near enough to get a house. And I was just like, I just feel like this is the, the Lord and the year that God's gonna give us a house. And um, so I text my property manager. I said, hey, I don't wanna go for another year lease. Let's do month to month. And he raised the price and it was a lot for us. That day, I get a text from Chris Kildosher, who was a pastor here. And I don't think Chris has ever texted me. And he's like, like, I'm saying this because he doesn't know me. He doesn't know, I don't even know if he knew how many kids I have. He doesn't know, like, the intricacies of my life, you know. So there's no way he could have known this. And he goes, hey, bro, just randomly felt like this is the year God's going to give you a house. Whatever that means, you know. And this is like an hour or two after I text this guy. I'm saying, like, sometimes you just got to walk out and he'll provide provision for the vision, right. Don't wait to get the provision to have a vision from the Lord. And, um. You guys get what I'm saying? Yes. Yeah, you, you, you move. Just start moving with him. Trust him. Start moving forward. He's going to provide. He's, he's not worried about tomorrow, so we shouldn't be either. You know, like in our minds, sometimes we're so worried about tomorrow that we want to know it all. But if he's not, we should just learn to trust him and be here today and give. You know, give and expect nothing in return and just be people who give. Be generous people because we know that we walk with him. And he'll fill us. He, we want to be conduits of God's grace and mercy and, his, and who he is. And he's super generous. He gave his life. He gave everything there is. So we're, all, we're going to get to the house thing because I know we're all waiting for that, right? Or maybe not. Um, so two and a half kids. I don't do that, that lease. And then um, long story short, somebody hits me up one day. He's like, hey, come with me. And he's like, he starts driving around to some houses that he's looking at buying. He's like, I'm looking at this house. I want to put you and your family in it. I'm going to add, he's, he knew how much I made. He's like, I'm going to add a couple rooms so for the first year you can rent out those rooms. And then it, hopefully after that first year you can have the whole house, right? And so he ended up driving me around. Last person in the world I would have ever thought this would have come through. Like just miracle, straight miracle. It drives me around and I'm doing ministry, just serving Jesus, just saying, God, I want you. Like, I left everything to follow you, and I just want to put, like, you're doing this. And he ends up buying a house, knocking out some walls, taking the house down to framing, opening up the living room, adding two bedrooms, 
puts me on title of the house <laughs> and uh, builds, an, uh, builds an apartment in the backyard that now uh, Jimmy and Madeline live in. And he's faithful. Like he, for seven years, you know, just walking that lifestyle of like, we were able to bless people and just walk that way, but he, he's always gonna do what he says he's gonna do. And so I'm saying this because my, my prayer, Jesus, you can just close your eyes if you want. My prayer is that we be people who just continuously walk by faith and not by sight. Father, I pray that we would understand the limited time we have here and that um, the talents that you've given us, the gifts that you've given us, God, that we would be like a good servant, God, who doesn't just bury it in the sand and is afraid to lose it, but who invests it. God, I pray that we would honor you with our wealth, with the first fruits of our harvest, God. I pray that we would honor you with our time. God, I thank you that you're good, that you're gonna come through, God. I pray for the lonely, God, around us that we'd have eyes to see and invite them into our lives, into our homes. Father, help us to not live for ourselves, God. You're so good and you love us, God. You're so kind. We bless you, Jesus. We bless you. Thank you that just walking with you is our portion. Just knowing Jesus is enough. He is our prize. We don't... We don't serve Jesus so he can bless us. We serve Jesus because we've been saved. He set us free. There's nowhere else to go. He has the words of eternal life. Amen. He has the words of eternal life. We bless Jesus. We bless Jesus, God. We want to give you everything. You laid it all down for us, God. Father, there's always more that we can give. Test me in this. Test me in this. See if I will not open the windows of heaven and pour out for you blessing without measure. Bring the tithe into the storehouses so that there may be food in my house. Test me in this, says the Lord. See if I will not, test me in this. See if I will not open up the storehouses. You're good. Jesus. Jesus. All right. Is it there? Is the word there? You feel the word? Did it get in? Okay. Is it there? Praise the Lord.